0: What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to episode 73 of Poor 360. I am your host, Andrew Poor, and I want to thank you for joining me here on another Tuesday podcast. Now, as you've been paying attention, I've been talking about various things going on in the political sphere as we're dealing with Trump versus Biden in this 2020 election. Now, I know I said I was going to spend the... I was going to talk about the RNC and the DNC, and I will get to that um, on next week's show. Uh, This week's show, I'm taking a little break just due to some craziness going on, and I was struggling to what I want to talk about because, honestly, I have only watched bits and pieces of both conventions i haven't had the time to even recap it um the the extent of what i've watched was trump's speech on the thursday of the republican national convention just to kind of see what that was and we can talk about why the fact that it was at the white house and all and all of that but being where we're at right at this moment i thought the best course of action would be to talk about something more interesting there's actually an idea that uh, my wife Liz came up with before I started recording, and that is on gender reveal parties. Now we've all seen them; we've pro- some of us probably even been to them, but they are getting out of hand. Now I bet you're asking yourself, what is a gender reveal party? And thanks to the great people at Wikipedia. We have that answer. So, a gender reveal party is an event or celebration had during a pregnancy. The primary goal of this event is the eponymous reveal of the baby's sex to the expecting parents, family, friends. So, 20th century medical advancement, early reliable prenatal sex discernment has allowed direct information that underlies these events to develop. Now, obviously, for some of us during... Uh, Sorry, there's a yawn there. Just a little bit of a yawn there. So, for some of us, this wasn't a thing for ourselves growing up. It was if the parents who knew, knew the sex had just said, oh, they're just going to paint the room blue or pink or let everyone know or get nice, cute little outfits. That was the extent of it. Now, this had to become a show. So, kind uh, of continue with the definition before I get into the thing? So, it is distinct from, but sometimes combined with, a baby shower, whose primary activity is gifting, expecting parents with important supplies for, and items for their future infants' care and well-being. A large variety of methods are utilized, often involving gender stereotypes, such as pink and blue. The practice is controversial has been criticized by some for reinforcing gender stereotypes. The implied binary gender essentialism of the practice has resulted in LGBT, particularly transgender and intersex community, criticisms. So, where did this come from? So, a modern creation, the gender-filled party's modern connection, began in the late 2000s, where the earliest notable examples found in the 2008 post of then-pregnant Jenna Carvunidis, on her Chicago Now blog, High Gloss and Sauce, announced the sex of her fetus via cake. YouTube videos of the practice can be found as early as 2008 and 2009, becoming socially significant around 2011, after which the trends continue to grow through the 2010s. I've actually seen um, a Facebook friend old friend from high school did something similar they had just regular cake um, because it was COVID they had like a, like a Facebook live stream which is uh, how I got to see it scrolling through my newsfeed. was basically they had a cake wasn't colored it was just kind of a, a plain cake and cut into it oh there was nuts in the cake and that's how they determined it was a boy so no blue no pink just nuts so that was fun um, but simple, straightforward, quiet, kind of how it should be. In 2019, Carminus later expressed regret having helped start the gender reveal party trend, seeing how far some have taken the trend. Learning how the LGBT and intersex communities feel, and finally revealing the daughter they announced back in 2008 to be a gender non conforming tomboyish individual who wears suits while identifying as female. And I'll get to this later, but I think gender non-conforming when you're a child is a little weird because at least in my time there were tomboys which is just girls who weren't girly to an extent i know it's probably not politically correct in this day and age to say stuff like that but i feel like you're making too big a deal about a kid being a kid a kid can do whatever they so choose kids will play with whatever they'll dress however they want i don't think it determines their identity and how they and how they identify i think it's just being it's it's a little pc for me so let's continue on to the comparison to baby showers. so baby shower's traditional prenatal celebration having some key differences with the general veal parties. Primarily focused focus on gender-revealed parties is fetal sex, while baby showers focus on the gifting of supplies and items for the future infant to the expectant parents. Traditionally, baby showers are for women only, while gender-revealed parties have no inherently associated gender restriction and attendee limitations. Some couples choose to integrate both events into one for simplicity, efficiency, or economic reasons. As part of the gender-revealed party trend was and is due to social media such as YouTube, Instagram, and Pinterest, despite the trend originating before the latter two existed. Uh, this uh, mediatization has definitely boosted the likelihood of expectant parents to have or take part in gender reveal parties. Internet remix culture lends the practice great receptivity towards individual creativity, a factor in their growing popularity more research shows that most gender reveal parties are done by expectant parents that are middle-class, heterosexual, white Americans who are married or partnered. So moving on from the history and development to the planning. So the most gender-revealed parties being the fetal sex, confirmation information is a prerequisite. This can be determined at or after the gestational age required by the method being used. For all to the most common method, there list that can be done is approximately 65 days. However, it's simply done at around 20 weeks. Both the fetal sex and party are typically held during the second trimester. Post-indignation knowledge of the fetal sex by the parents varies. Most commonly, a third party, sometimes called a gender guardian, is addressed with the fetal sex and are made a secret from the parents until the reveal. This person is responsible for making party arrangements to ensure the reveal happens without the prior knowledge of the parents. However, sometimes it is known by the parents prior to reveal this. However, sometimes it is known by the parents prior and to reveal to specifically for attendees. To help maintain the mystery, party decorations were typically heavily gendered, but ambiguous and androgynous were taken as a whole. During the event, while the focus remains on the fetal sex, the reveal is typically the climax of the party. Part of the reveal party game is common, where attendees or expected parents guess or assert the fetal sex. This also takes the form of a competition between a team pink and team blue, of which parents or participants may form. Sometimes the events include the... Features of a baby shower this is the case: gifts may be given or opened a specific time before, or after the reveal. Most re- now move on to the reveal. Most utilize gender-associated colors, most typically blue and pink, representing male and female, respectively. Decorated with the other gender-associated items, the method of reveal varies. However, common methods involve cutting special cakes, launching or popping balloons, confetti, streamers, piñatas, colored smoke, and silly string. Other seasonally-related items, such as Easter eggs, jack-o'-lanterns, Christmas presents, or 4th of July or New Year's fireworks may also be incorporated depending on the time of pregnancy. Once these colors are revealed, both the expecting parents and onlookers are made aware of the sex of the fetus's genitals, typically to great celebration and comment by attendees. The notes of a pre sex-dependent baby names can also take place. Now, we move on to criticism. So the criticism is the sex and gender distinction Belys many criticisms of gender-reveal parties. The term gender reveal is considered a misnomer by those who post the distinction: gender is a social construct, in this view, not attached to any biological characteristics, with an individual gender identity, impossible to determine medically. Thus, when a reveal of fetus genitals is made, it is the sex, not the gender, that is being revealed, according to this view. Furthermore, gender reveal parties rely heavily. <sighs> Sorry. <clears throat> As I need some caffeine, but at this hour I shouldn't because then I will be awake. So furthermore, gender-reveled parties rely heavily on the male-female gender binary, which assumes the child will not be biologically be biologically intersex, which occurs in estimated 1 in 4,500 to 5,500 births. Gender-reveled parties reinforce sex and gender assignment and gender essentialism, precluding and minimizing transgender identification, which can cause issues with mental and emotional health. Some parents have rejected gender-reveal events because of a greater awareness of gender identity. Overall, the practice heavily reinforces stereotypical gender roles, often utilizing polarizing gender dichotomies in party materials such as guns or glitter, pistols or pearls, or wheels or heels. Critics say there is no reason to assume that a child would fit neatly into an essentialist dichotomy, even where the sex is actually determined and assigned gender remain the same. So, individual criticism. In 2019, Jenna Carvudinus, who was one of the pioneers, called for revocation of the practice due to how it might affect transgender and non-binary individuals, also revealing her own daughter's gender non-conformity, like we said above. Uh, in September 2020, prompting prompted by a gender-reveal party that started a wildfire, Twitter and other internet platforms exploded with memes featuring national disasters photoshopped to include pink and blue elements. So, this has obviously led to incidents and injuries. Some incidents of attempted gender reveals have caused injury, death, or even large-scale damage. The 2017 sawmill fire in Arizona has, was caused by gender reveal party that combined blue powder and explosive. Other dangerous stuff that involved fireworks and alligators, gender reveal burnouts, in which cars emit billowing clouds of blue or pink smoke, after a fad that became popular in Australia around 2018. The Queensland Police Department warns that the practice is dangerous, and there have been a number of attempted burnouts that resulted in flaming vehicles and arrest. In October 2019, in Iowa, a woman was killed by a dreadful explosion of a homemade device meant to reveal her re- relative's gender. In September 2020, a gender-revealed pyrotechnic device started the Eldorado Fire near U- Yuculpa, California, destroying homes, fighting evacuations, and burning thousands of acres. And that's where we come to today. So, the woman who popularized the gender reveal party says, Enough already after latest wildfire. So... Jenna Carvudnis, who's a blogger, she was the one who came up with the whole thing, has come out after more than 7,000 acres in California were burned uh, in San Bernardino County, This, um, the fire that we were just talking about. She said, Stop having these stupid parties. For the love of God, stop burning things down to tell everyone about your kid's penis. No one cares but you, she wrote. This is the first time a general party has led to a catastrophe, and yet the celebrations have only grown in popularity. And like we said, her own general party back in 2008. Uh, they just had a cake cut in the revealed pink uh, uh, pink frosting. Yeah, so, but since 2008, the celebrations of life have turned into risky endeavors, though may still opt for the classic blue or pink cake reveal. Others have taken more extreme routes. So we have the wildfire in California that's currently going on. Um, 2017, the one in Arizona that we were talking about burned thirty-seven thousand acres. And that one all happened be- when members were at party shot a makeshift target scrawled with the words boy or girl. Uh, when the target, packed with a highly explosive tannerite, exploded a blue cloud, poofed upward, and immediately ignited the surrounding brush. It was a boy in the party, and the guilty patrons more than $8 million restitution. Just this April, a general party in Florida also led to a 10-acre bushfire, ultimately using tannerite and a weapon. Ugh. <sighs> Because the damage of my father isn't enough. such so general parties have also led to property damage, like in a plane crash last year in Texas, or the car that burst into flames in Australia. And ironically, the celebration of life has also led to at least one death. Last October, an idea for a fun general party went south when the family eventually built a pipe bomb. When the vice went off, it wasn't just blue or pink gunpowder that exploded, but the entire pipe did as well, sending shrapnel flying. A piece of metal hit a grandmother who was standing about 45 feet away and killed her. And like we've talked about um, with the criticism involving gender norms, so really it's just something that seems to be—it's run its course. It's time to retire this thing. I don't care if you're pregnant now, if you're if you're planning on this, if you're gonna do it, go simplistic. Do a popped balloon that has like a certain color glitter. Go with the cake. Go with something. I I've, I've, I'm and I'm sorry. I'm kind of rambling here. I know I've seen and I've watched countless music, it's kind of entertaining, the, the the fails involved with this where you see like, oh, it's an egg and the egg is full of blue or pink smoke and we're gonna toss it to the other person and it's gonna pop and make a thing, or it's gonna be a baseball that you hit with a bat, or it's gonna be something that you throw, or it's gonna be a box full of balloons, or it's gonna be a pinata, or something like that that oh we break into and it reveals the color indicating the sex of the child so and I, I just think these over the top ones I like I remember a friend from high school had one that was um, fireworks so it was I think you can buy them specifically for these you can buy pink or blue fireworks that are pretty nondescript on the outside and then when they go off pink or blue and I remember they went out to like a field or a edge of a road and launched it off the air and it Whew, sorry. Um, and it exploded, and it showed the colors, and it was a ta-da. But given the fact that everything's been so dry, doing these now is just causing massive damage, and we really, could you live with yourself if you, uh, something you maybe you thought was going to be cute end up causing thousands of acres to burn and cost you millions of dollars and probably smear your name in mud for all eternity to the people that you affected. So... I think this has kind of run its course. I'm sure it started as a fun idea, but I think enough is enough. But I think where we're at now, let's just focus on just hoping your baby is happy, healthy, and... Hopefully you are happy and healthy too, kind of getting to that point, because it's still a crazy world out there, and there's still a lot of uncertainty in the future. And speaking of uncertainty uh, of the future, I've, um, I've talked about this in the past, and you've seen on previous episodes, that some of the stuff I've talked about is very heavy, um, it's difficult to talk about, and it's just kind of mentally exhausting, um, so I've talked with some of the people on the network, and I think there's going to be some changes upcoming on Poor360. I know you're like, changes again, I know, because I'm notoriously changed the podcast quite a few times. Obviously, when, when this podcast started, it was the poor report. Um, then when that got a little bit too much, it changed into a alternating poor news and poor entertainment where... One week I would talk about the news and one week I would talk about entertainment, and that was kind of the obviously given the titles. And then I decided to mix it up again and come back together with a poor 360, which is a different version of the poor report where I focused on specific topics or bits of news and not like, oh, we're gonna talk about four different articles, or How have we added when we had like the poor four in there, we had some other changes that made it enjoyable. And at the height, I was doing multiple podcasts, and really since COVID, I just have this podcast. And given that we we're in an election year, it's been a lot because when I first started this podcast, we were kind of just coming out of all of this. I believe when, I I don't remember the exact date. I can look back though. Let's let's see when the first episode that. Of my solo show came to be. It was August fifteenth of twenty seventeen, so just over three years ago is my first podcast, a marvelous debut. That was after Trump was elected. It it was a good seven months after the inauguration was when I started to get into this, and now we're in election year, which is which is heavy, and I know. People are kind of sick of people just talking about the news because they get enough on their social medias and they get enough on the other podcasts to listen to. And it's even podcasts that aren't about politics or news, it ends up interweaving because it affects our daily life. And then the age of COVID, we're on social media now more than ever. So it just kind of gets to be a lot. And I don't really want to really be just another voice um, in this. So my goal is. To get us to episode 75, which we're just a couple episodes away from now. Episode 75 will be not a star-studded event, but I plan to have it be multiple people. And that will be it for Poor360 for a little bit. I don't believe I'm going anywhere. Uh, obviously, I'm still a host on Foodies. Uh, even though Adulting Easy hasn't come back in quite a bit, I believe that might be coming back in some capacity, whether as a solo venture um, with a narrowed focus that I will be doing, or maybe some of uh, maybe Liz will be joining for some of those as well. We don't know if that'll be weekly, but we're, it, things are still a little early for that. But changes are coming to um, my podcasting time. Because during some of the the heavy moments of the past few weeks, I thought about just kind of packing it in, just saying that my time as a podcast host is done. I won't be opposed to appearing on other podcasts on the network or elsewhere, but this is just not enjoyable anymore. And obviously, this goes for everyone out there. If you're not enjoying what you're doing and it's your reason to be able to do so, just don't do it. But uh, I still very much like talking to you. I still like very much being a part of this network. Um, some of my my closest friends I've met because of the network, and uh, it's really been a joy to, to be a part of it. This is no by no means goodbye, and obviously there's still more weeks of podcasting left. But... 75 might be it for a bit, and that bit could be, oh, just two more weeks. It could be a month. It could be six months. We'd still too soon to be determined. And it might just become monthly. It might just become, like, what should we have to deal with this month while something else fills the other void. But we're going to kind of play it by ear, and obviously, as these are visual, I will be talking to you either on here or on my heavily neglected socials that I do have because the Facebook, I don't think a new post has come out in months because I'll do the podcast and then I'll move on to the next thing and unless you're already following the network or happen to see it on our website, you don't know I even release a new episode because it's something that I often neglect to do because I really don't have an excuse. It's just something I don't get around to doing. But progress is being made, and I think you want a host and you want content from a person who's impassioned. And I would love to be that person, and I very well might be that person again, but right now it's just that's not there. And I'd say I will not, I will do my best to make the next few episodes leading up to 75 great. And obviously, episode 75 is going to be a milestone episode where I'm going to get maybe the JIC guys, maybe other people from the network to kind of make it uh, a big event on par with the Supercast to maybe get everyone's thoughts that they've been able to share on the podcast they're a part of and make this a great episode and a nice send-off for a little bit, a little hiatus, if you will. But I appreciate all of you listening. Obviously, if you have any thoughts, feedback, questions, comments... Uh, things you'd like to see here, discuss, guests you'd like me to get on the show to talk about or talk with about anything, definitely do that. If you have anything that you've liked that I've talked about in previous episodes, do you think that, hey, this would be something I would enjoy talking more about? I know I've done things in the past. I've talked with Tyler about fish. I've talked to the wife about pets, I've talked various home improvement things. If you think that's something you'd like to know more about, or if you just miss adulting and eating and you want more of those kind of things, reach out and we'll definitely see what we can do to make something that you would enjoy watching because obviously there are probably close to billions of podcasts out there. Maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but there are definitely millions of podcasts out there. Um And there's only so much time, and with COVID you're not listening in the car, you're either listening at home, or you're listening while you're doing things, or you're just kind of winding down and listening to some stuff. And I've delighted podcasts too like there's um, really without that extra commute of the stuff you're kind of not on it a bunch so I get it but I digress this has been another episode of Poor Three Sixty. keeping it true to what this show is about what this episode was about for having a gender reveal party keep it simple keep it classy don't blow anything up Don't get a Skyrider. Just make it great for you, your family, and everyone else, and just have a good time. And don't let alcohol influence you before you actually do something. But that wraps it up. This has been episode 73 of Poor 360. I'm Andrew Porter, and you guys have a great week.